Hi, I'm Kayla. I am a high school English teacher and mom of two, and I'm a grown-up pastor's kid. And I'm her mom, Mindy, and I'm a pastor's wife, Mimi to the two best boys in the world, and I am still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Yes, Mom, I'm Listening is a podcast where Mom and I sit down and talk about life in general. You may not walk away from our podcast knowing all of the answers to life, but we have fun talking, and we hope you have fun listening. So sit back and enjoy. Yes, Mom, I'm Listening. Kayla, how are you today? Hi, I'm pretty good. What's going on with you? Hey! <laughs> Try that again. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> You're not going to be able to do that this whole time, you know? <laughs> Sorry. That was really bad. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Kayla. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm super excited. We're starting a podcast today. This is a podcast for all of our fan out there. <laughs> Just one. Just one. <laughs> Which means that one of our husbands is not a fan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what's new with you, Mama? Oh, we went to Nashville to pick up our friend's dog. They're going to California for their son's wedding, which we're very excited about. And so if you hear this really weird snoring in the background, it's their dog. He's got sinus issues. Hey, can we talk for a minute about what you just said? They're going for their son's wedding? Yes. Luke is getting married this weekend. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, he's getting married. That's why they, that's why they're going to California. I didn't I thought they were I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't realize they were getting married. He's I didn't even know they were engaged. Where he's have I married? Been? That's awesome, huh? Yeah, he met this really he met this adorable girl in Nashville from California. And he's from California. Um, no, um, yeah, no. So I went and picked up. So if you hear this snoring in the background, it's not my husband, it's their dog, Festus. Festus has some sinus issues. You know, I'm eating an apple, and you can probably hear that because I'm sitting in front of a microphone. Ah, well, you're a Southern etiquette nightmare. Gross. So, let's, uh, let's do this podcast thing. What are you doing today? How's your day? I told you about my day. How's your day? Oh, my day's fine. I have been just kind of getting ready, gearing up for doing this thing, and I have been putting up dampeners, and I have a blanket behind my head, and a mop, and everything else, so I'm just trying to get ready and dampener is like to to make your sound better wow. so it's not so echoey so you know it's a work in progress but here we're on episode one of our podcast we're, we're doing so excited. it i'm so excited we're doing this yeah so we have chosen i think the most apropos topic for the two of us that we possibly could have chosen we don't always agree on everything but we do agree on this yeah and i mean i think it's just because there's just not much to disagree with no no, there's not. It is a it is a universal agreement. Yeah, we love Brendan Fraser. Fraser, we love him. We love him, and we love him through his highs and lows. If you have not been keeping up with the, um, I don't know, lifetime story of Brendan Fraser, um, you may have just realized as we're saying this. Hey, where's he been? He was in everything for a while, and uh, and then he wasn't for a while, and now he's doing. TV. He's in a TV show. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, he's just kind of doing little pieces here and there, just kind of taking it slow. 
Brandon Fraser's life. I laughed, I cried, it became a part of me. <laughs> yeah, someday someone should make a, a biopic, which I always thought was biopic, but apparently it's biopic. I've been corrected. So, this teacher. Yeah, whatever. So that's me being a great eater. Good thing I never talk about biopics in my class because he's trashing Shakespeare. So, yeah, Brendan Fraser. Um, he's never done Shakespeare that I know of. I'm trying to think. No, I think the closest to Shakespeare would be Bedazzled with, with Hurley. Ooh. <laughs> I've never seen it. Just disclaimer. I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. Um, but yeah, I fell in love with Brendan Fraser way back to the jungle, jungle days when I was what, seven, eight, ten? I don't know. Very. I mean, let's be honest. What's not to love about George of the Jungle? Right. I mean, and, and there is the whole, you know, shirtless hunk aspect of Brendan Fraser. But then there is also the piece where he's just really sweet and precious. He's wonderful. And, right. And I think that particular persona really got moved on uh, and, and solidified for me in Deadly Do Right, which is one of those um, terrible movies that's on my list because I love <laughs> terrible movies. I don't know if you remember, mom, do you remember um, yeah. when, when I was telling someone my favorite, they said, do know there are other movies, right? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of the general consensus of my taste in movies, being that my top three are, I'll just name them, Van Helsing, The B Movie, and Envy with Jack Black and Ben Stiller. I wow. don't, yeah, I'm not exactly going for the Oscar bait type movies. It's not exactly my, uh, now, I am glad to hear that none of them are sad movies, because I don't like sad. Well, Van Helsing is sad. Is it? She yeah, is. it is. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's very sad, I don't like Yeah, the bee movie is sad, because it's a story about a bee. <laughs> it is the human race. The conceit itself is just the sad part. I think. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, so Brennan Fraser has been off the silver screen for a little while. Which one's the silver screen? Is that the movie screen? Movies. Yeah, okay. So he's been off the silver screen for a little while. And that, I think, comes on the heels of the last movie I knew of him doing was um, the third Mummy movie, which we treat very much like the fourth Indiana Jones movie in that it does not exist. That was the worst. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's... No, the Indiana Jones. I kind of liked Mummy 3, but again, I'm like you. I like bad movies. But yeah, I mean, it's well, okay. Indiana Jones okay. was the first. Yeah, I and and I do at least have some limits when it comes to bad movies. The last Indiana Jones movie just should not have existed. just like all the live actions of the classic Disney's that are coming. They should not exist. You know, it make them go away. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we kind of watched him grow up in his movie career um, from Encino Man all the way through the height of it, which was the Mummy, which is stellar. Awesome. Yeah, stellar, beautiful. Awesome. And then his downfall, which really I think was kind of cemented in Looney Tunes, Blast from the Past. Aww. Yeah, which, listen, it's a hidden gem in and of itself for what it is. It's a little bit, you know, it's got some Space Jam vibes, but uh, but it's goofy. You know, it's real goofy. It's real, um, not super high quality cinema. And he knows it's bad. Well, yeah, and I think that's part of the reason he wanted to do it is it's fairly low pressure. He plays a stunt man who um, is a stunt double for Brendan Fraser. So he plays Brendan right. Fraser's stunt double, which is you know a hilarious gag, obviously. And um, carried out great. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean we're beyond the live action and two um, D animation characters being in the same world. Uh, at this point in, in cinematic history. I was uh, over it after Jessica Rabbit, so I was before. <laughs> yeah, what a bizarre movie. Can we just, for a second, that was marketed as a kid's movie. Not bizarre. What a weird, Roger Rabbit had a ride at Disneyland. 
Weird. Why? So weird. Speaking of Disneyland and George of the Jungle, that's kind of one of my favorite things about Disneyland, because as you go through Disneyland, all of the characters, all the kids are lined up to see the characters. It's all very cute. And then you get to Tarzan. And all the moms are lined up to see Tarzan because he's like a big, tall guy in a loincloth. Yeah, I don't know if they do that anymore. Do they still do that? I know that's how it was when when we lived there, but I don't know. I feel like there's just got to be something. (laughs) This ain't right. (laughs) Surely they don't let him do that anymore. (laughs) A half-naked man walking around Disneyland. Why are you letting him do that? Well, I mean, he's not doing anything at Disneyland right now. Let's put that out there. All right. Nobody's doing anything at Disneyland right now. It's the COVIDs. Right. The, um, right. Anyway, so a lot of the information that I'm getting about Brandon Fraser, I'm taking from this really excellent interview that he did with GQ magazine. I'll put the link to the article in the show notes if you want to go read it. Um, but it talks a lot about his kind of career arc and how, um, you know, it was just sort of this kismet that Brendan Fraser was just all the right combination of things to be famous at the time that he was. He was just the right amount of handsome, but also just the right amount of, you know, naive and and precious. And you need to protect this little cinnamon roll, you know, before we called people cinnamon. And, um, and he was just the right amount of Canadian, to be honest. And everybody loves him. And he you have the right amount of Canadian. Right. I mean, to be a good movie star. Gotta have the right amount of Canadian. I think Keanu Reeves is Canadian too, isn't he? I don't know. That would explain a lot, right? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, he just sort of fumbled into his role and, um, or his, yeah, landing a few roles in Hollywood when he just was at the top of his game with the money movies, because it showed that not only was he this, you know, blushing, cute, naive, hunky, you know, big guy, but he also was a good actor and he was funny and he had, you know, comedic chops and, um, he sort of overworked himself. He talks about at one point, um, he talks about working so hard that his body was falling apart and he just kept working because that's what people expected from him. And then there is, um, there is a particular event that happened in his life. He had a, I believe it was a producer, grope him essentially. And um, this was such a jarring experience for him that he kind of didn't get himself back for a while. And, um, and so he blamed himself for a lot of his career downfall. He felt like because that happened and because he tried to reach out and, um, and make the, the offending party responsible that he stopped getting movie roles. And, um, he felt like he had sort of been blacklisted on some level because of his reaction to this unwanted, um, physical attention. And, And, you know, I I mean, I I remember reading this thinking, you know, Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, you know, what's the big deal? But, you know, I mean, as you read the whole article, you realize he was pretty fragile. I mean, he was a fragile guy and super, super insecure. He was tired. He was overworked. And then this happened and it's, and it's kind of like, I mean, we've talked, I've, I've talked about this before standing on a cliff screaming, you know, this happened and nobody will listen to you because it's, I mean, at that, I mean, even still today, um, uh, Terry Crews was also assaulted and, and he talks about, you know, when you're a man, they expect you just to buck up and get over it, Mm -hmm. but it was a violation. Yeah. No matter how you look at it. Right. And we spend a lot of time, especially today, you know, 
championing the cause of believing victims. But when it is a man, whether it is physical abuse or sexual abuse or whatever, um, we tend to kind of look over that and um, yeah, oh, it's just dudes being dudes. Oh, it's just a guy. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. But this was yeah. obviously an event that really shook Brendan kind of his core. Fragile. Yeah. Right. And I, I, you know, if many of us, I'm going to just go out on the limb here and assume that much of our audience is women. Um, we know what it feels like to be objectified in that way. And if you, especially before this Me Too movement, movement ever came out and, you know, said, Hey, this happened to me and it's a big deal and you need to pay attention and you've been ignored. That's what it was like for him. Only yeah. there was the added pressure of, I have to be a man and I have to buck up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think he talked a little bit about feeling like he was the big piece of meat to everybody mm-hmm. for a while. And, um, he, he really was. Yeah. I mean, he was just kind of that hunky archetype that, that, you know, oh, he can take anything. He's just kind of a big, a little bit simple and, um, and, oh, he'll be fine. He's handsome. He's all these things. He'll be fine. Yeah. And I think we look over male emotions and male fragility just for the fact that it's not a male trait. And, right. you know, males, men that, that have these feelings and have these struggles are, um, you know, called all kinds of words that are feminine in nature. Isn't that sweet that on our first podcast, we're defending men. Good. (laughs) Oh, we're so wonderful. We're so wonderful. And it's, it's, to me, it's a really interesting dichotomy because even now today, after all of this has happened with Brendan Frazier and this happened years ago, Yeah. but you know, Terry Crews has come out and I think there's been a couple of others, um, men that have been victimized and we still just don't listen to men in the same way. And, and it's, it's not the popular narrative right now. You listen to women, no matter what you always believe the victim. That's the popular narrative. But mm-hmm. if it happens to a man, hey, it's just not, you know, don't talk about that. Nobody wants to hear about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So anyway, Brendan, back to Brendan. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, so, Good. so yeah, so he had that kind of um, emotional break. And at the time, he was also physically broken. He talks about, you know, at the time that he was filming that third Mummy movie, he was um, just covering his body with ice packs and wraps and everything else. And it became sort of this obsession just to keep himself going. So after that movie was finished, he was physically spent. He needed several surgeries, and he was also, um, having some trouble in his marriage. He also, um, was, yeah, going through a little bit of a, uh, how do I even want to say that? They were going through a divorce. I don't know exactly what the timeline is, but, um, but he was going through a divorce with his wife at the same time. And I had read at some point, you know, don't quote me on this because I, I could be wrong, but I had read that, you know, his child support settlements were for his pre-downfall income. I read that too. Yeah. And so, um, so he was being required to pay out all this money that he now no longer had because he was no longer getting movie roles. Yeah. And that was, you know, a multifaceted issue that, you know. Well, he has a special needs child. He's on the autistic. Yeah. Spectrum. He has a son who is now 17. Um, who has autism. And so there's that. Uh, he also has two younger sons. Um, and they all, all of this together just sort of contributed to, he disappeared for a while. He went away. And then in 2016, he came out um, on an AOL interview, which is AOL even a thing anymore? Is that a... Oh, maybe. Uh-huh. Anyway, he came out on an interview where they were asking him some questions because he had taken a movie role 
and they wanted him to talk about it. And he was, how mom, mom would, how would you describe that? Do you remember that interview? The 2016 one? Mm-hmm. Oh, vaguely. It's been a long time I've read it, but I know I did read it. He was really, really quiet and sort of whispered. Yeah, and, and they thought there was something wrong with him. Yeah, because he was, it was almost like, I, I, a, lot of, a lot of people thought he might have been on drugs with him. He was acting. Yeah, he was totally yeah. absent and confused and confusing. And it was yeah. very bizarre. And it was very bizarre to see someone who had once been this sort oh, of pinnacle, right, of masculinity and handsomeness and, you know, having it together. And now he's just kind of this sad, quiet, middle-aged man who is confused and confusing. And it was very jarring to everybody. Well, yeah. now, um, you know, we know that that interview had happened, I think, within two weeks of him having to bury his mother. Yeah. So it was, he had been thrust back into the spotlight before he was ready for it at a time of great personal loss. And, um, and he talks about how, you know, the, the break that he took from media and from movies and from interviews and things like that, when he came back on, it was a different world because as we know, internet culture just moves ahead so quickly that it's 2016 interviews are vastly different from even 2010 interviews. Mm -hmm. So the last time that he had really been on the scene was, you know, 10, 15 years prior to that. And it was jarring for him as well. So all of that is to say that he now has sort of found a rhythm, found a groove. He's been in a couple of movies since then. And, you know, if you've seen pictures of him, he doesn't look like he once did, but hey, none of us do. None of us do. <laughs> but what I really wanted to talk about, and the reason that I launched into all of this, because his life now is very likely not what he anticipated. He lives on a ranch um, and has horses. And he, one of the points of the article is that he got a horse for his autistic son to bond with. And there was just a lot of his lifestyle that was just very calm and peaceful. And his home is his, you know, sanctuary. And, and it was all just sort of this this lowered expectation of what his life was. Because he didn't turn out to be a movie star among the likes of, you know, a Robert De Niro or even a George Clooney, somebody that got famous and stayed famous and has been famous this whole time. And so they have had all these riches and fame and this drama this entire time. It hasn't been like that for him. I don't know if that's life imitating art or art imitating life, but I, I think Brendan Fraser's life is way more reality than, than what, you know, most of Hollywood, because I mean, my life is nothing what I thought it would be. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. I mean, you and I both have talked about this before. It's when, you know, when I was, what, 15, I was going to be a medical missionary and I was going to be a doctor and travel the world and be full-time mom, full-time doctor, full-time missionary, full-time wife. And I was going to do all these things and I was going to travel to all these countries. And of course, now we know that is very obviously not the case. And those ambitions were so out there. That, that that's not even, I wouldn't even want that life at this point. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It, it, and, and, and again, that's another thing too, that I think most people have to go through, you know, there was a time in my life when life had just kicked my behind and I was embarrassed to see people who knew me when I was embarrassed to see people who, I mean, my friends from college, I was horrified to see because my life was nothing what 
you know, my bright-eyed, bushy-tailed 17-year-old self thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, when you're a star, there's a lot more responsibility. I mean, people, people don't allow you. I mean, I can't imagine going through the junk I drug myself through in front of America. Yeah. I mean, I've said it a thousand times. Thank God there was no internet or Facebook when I was going through my junk. And it, it and you, you settle into kind of, if you can, if you can get rid of the unrealistic expectations and allow yourself to settle in, not settle, but, but get comfortable with life is a journey. Life has taken me here. My life is not what I wanted it to be back then, but I like it. I like who I am coming to that confidence of, I like who I am. I like where I'm at. It's not what I thought it was going to be, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that comes from um, maturity. Obviously I think, you know, that comes from understanding what you really want out of life and what is really important out of life. I mean, this is the same kind of thing as when you're a teenager, you make a list of all the things you want in a future spouse. And those things usually um, end up being stuff like good at basketball, listens to all the same music as me and, you know, garbage like that. When really what you want Mm -hmm. is someone who is emotionally stable and financially responsible. Those are things you're not thinking about as a teenager. So you know, obviously that comes yeah. from maturity. Yeah. And I mean, there's kind of this, it's a, it's a counseling exercise. What would you say to your, you know, now that you're this age, what would you say to your 15 year old self or your 12 year old self? I mean, what would I say to my 12 year old or 15 year old self? Well, it ain't what you thought it was going to be, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, and I've thought about that before too. You know, if you could tell your, your past self one thing, what would you say? I mean, I, I might not even take the opportunity. I might say nothing. I might, I don't know. I would probably say, hey, don't get fat. (laughs) You're not as fat as you think you are. Trust me. (laughs) Like, hey, you're you're not fat and you have nothing to be ashamed of. And, you know, that's probably the kind of thing I would tell my past self. But really nothing about my ambitions or anything like that, because I think you just have to learn that through through the course of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. And, you know, I mean, there are, funny thing is, I mean, you know, what I, what could, what would I say to my 25 year old self? I mean, 25 is not that far away from you. What would I say to my 25 year old self when I was in the middle of just dragging myself through, you know, a nightmare is, you know, it's not always going to be like this. It's going to yeah. get better. Now know? it's not forever. And now is not forever. It's going to get better. I couldn't imagine it was better, but it did. It, it, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. And I mean, some, sometimes it takes longer than others, but Every year I have uh, on my, raise my time hop, whatever, it comes up that 10 years ago, now 11 years ago, I posted that on my Facebook. Now is not forever. And I remember 10 years ago that 11 years ago that I was grieving being single and lonely at 20 years old. And like how silly of me that that was what I was grieving, but I, I was hurting real bad. And, Mm -hmm. and I was so lonely and I was so convinced that that loneliness was just how it was always going to be until I found a spouse. And if I didn't find a spouse, I was going to be lonely forever. And now I realize that, you know, finding a spouse of course is great and I'm less lonely, but I've still had times where I felt lonely in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And the loneliness is something that you have to deal with on your own level. Like you have to deal with it in yourself. You have to choose and, and make the right kind of choices to help yourself not 
be lonely. It's not really about who's around you. It's about if you're okay with yourself or not. And that only comes with time. The, I, the one, the one other thing I wanted to bring up about, about Brendan Fraser is, that I thought was very interesting is that Brendan had imposter syndrome, which is something that we have talked about. Yeah. Imposter syndrome being that, um, you know, you hear this term a lot with freelancers and those who are selling their art or, you know, trying to create an online shop for artistic, you know, music or whatever. Imposter syndrome being, you know, well, well, what is it about you that that means people should buy your product? Why should you be able to charge those prices? You are not good enough and you don't belong in the room that you're in. <laughs> Welcome to my life as a pastor's wife. Right. And so that's so much of, you know, imposter syndrome is so, in Bible college, you know, you don't belong here because you're not this, this, and this. You don't, you know, sing this much or play these instruments or go to these ministries or, you know, whatever. And, and even now today as a mom, you know, of young kids, there's a lot of well, you don't follow this parenting strategy or you don't believe this about your kids and you never really feel like you belong with the group that you're in because of one reason or another. And to think that Brendan Fraser in the 90s at the height of his fame felt the same way is amazing. It's heartbreaking, of course, for him. But for me, it makes me feel a whole heck of a lot better because if he yeah. doesn't feel like he fits, ain't nobody fits. Yeah, I, I, am, I have said that a thousand times about especially being a pastor's wife. You know, back in the 80s when you went to Bible college, you were supposed to sing alto, play the piano, look good in a silk dress, have big hair. Now, well, I had big hair. <laughs> I could sing alto, but that's pretty much where it ended. In fact, I remember a guy sitting down in, I mean, they talk about imposter syndrome and, and not feeling like you belong. I, I remember a guy sitting down telling me in college, he actually told me in college, well, me and so-and-so were talking. And I mean, this so-and-so was like a big deal. Me and so-and-so were talking and, and we think, you know, we both said that you'd be really pretty if you lost weight. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Can you, can you imagine if some guy had the audacity to say that to a woman in 2020? I wasn't even that fat. I mean, I wasn't fat. No. And, and the idea that a guy would just like, the audacity. ain't nobody asking for your opinion, sir. And I, I mean, I wish I, I wish you knew what that guy looked like. Cause I wanted to look at him and go, well, at least I can lose weight. You got no hope, dude. But, but anyway, but you know, I mean, you had this, you had to be thin, you had to be pretty, you had yeah. to be you had to be this, you had to be that, you had either, or you, you know, well, you could be pretty, but you're not, you could be this, but you're not. I mean, I, I had a guy in college not want to date me because I didn't dress right. And, and I think we're pummeled with that. And so we just don't feel good enough. Yeah. And you know, like I said, the, the, environment is a little bit more forgiving towards women today. I think we don't get as much of you have to fit into this certain size. I mean, for crying out loud, I get ads with really heavy girls coming across my Facebook all the time. Like be happy in your body. We have leggings up to size 1000, no matter how big you are, you can still wear leggings. (laughs) You may not fit through a door, but you can wear leggings. Right. And so the point here is just that we all at some point have felt like we don't belong for whatever reason. We don't belong with the pretty girls. We don't belong with the cool girls. We don't belong at that table. We don't belong with that group of entrepreneurs or business owners or earners or whatever. I mean, there are times in all of our lives that we feel like we don't belong. From the top to the bottom. And to know that Brendan Fraser feels that way too, or felt that way too in the 90s, 
is such a reassurance of like, okay, we're all pretending. None of us belong anywhere. We're all scared to death that somebody's going to expose us. But the bottom line is we just are who we are and, and we fit where we want to fit. We are who God made us. Yeah. We are now life has, life has, has molded us, but the bottom line is uh, we are th- who God made us and he made us beautiful and he made us individual and he made us in our own skin, in our own life. Yeah. I mean, he, we, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is we are who God made us. Now I am who God made me. I am not the perfect pastor. I cannot play the piano. I, I pray, but I'm not the best prayer warrior. I sometimes say stupid stuff. I like to have fun but I am who God made me for a reason. Yeah. And I mean, this is it at the risk of being a little bit, you know, everybody is beautiful no matter what they are. We also need to take into account that we are who God made us as long as we are working to become the best version of who God made us. to be. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one thing to become the best version of yourself. It's an entirely different journey to become more like Christ. And that is the the longer that we work to become more like Christ, the more we become the best version of ourselves. Right. But even in becoming more like Christ, we're still individuals. I mean, there were 12 disciples and they were all very different. And that's a pretty cool concept that we get to become more like Christ, but we still get to be ourselves. Yeah. So I think we should wrap it up there. That's probably about as long as we want to go on this topic. Um, I hope that everyone has enjoyed listening. This first episode may have been a little disjointed, um, but we'll get better as we go. If you, you know, stick around, hopefully we will improve with every episode. Make sure that you are um, going and subscribing and rating our podcast and sharing it whenever you Well, rate it good. Yeah. Don't rate it bad. If you don't rate the podcast, don't lie. Go ahead and lie. I'll let you. God says it's okay. Oh, no, no, wait, he doesn't. No, he didn't say that. But, but basically, yeah. if you don't have anything nice to say, y'all can just keep your mouth shut. Don't so, say nothing. Right. So anyway, rate, subscribe, um, share our podcast wherever you can. We're also available on every social channel. Well, not everyone. We're not like on WhatsApp and Discord. But, um, but we're on Twitter at YesMomPod. We are on Instagram and Facebook at YesMomI'mListening. Um, we're going to be posting some pictures there. Eventually we'll be asking for suggestions and taking questions and things of that nature. So it'll get more fun as we go. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. so hang on. Cause, cause this was fun, but it'll get more fun. Yeah. You know, every, every step is a step in the right direction. So we're going to, um, this is actually one of my new dieting philosophies that change time and every choice matters. Duh. So, so we're going to be on this journey for a little while and hopefully you guys, uh, want to stick around with us. Um, like I said, make sure you rate, subscribe. Every download helps. Every rating helps. Share helps. We love you guys, and we will come back and uh, see you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.